0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning. Stays on his feet, airs it out down the field, it is caught by Tyree. Welcome back here on the Chris and Joe show as we continue our offseason coverage for the New York Giants. I'm Joe DeLeon joined by Chris Blum. and as we did last episode, today we will be previewing another one of the New York Giants opponents for the 2021 season and as we did the eagles on the last episode we're doing another nfc east team today being the dallas cowboys so chris this is a talented squad one that underperformed in the first season under mike mccarthy a lot of people had super high expectations for this cowboys team yet losing dak prescott also struggling early even with dak prescott they were able to put up a ungodly amount of yards through the air but defensively they were like Swiss cheese and I think that before we talk a little bit about Dak Chris I, th- I think we need to dive pretty deep into discussing what Dallas was able to do to vastly improve their defense because they went move on from their previous defensive coordinator Dan Quinn former Falcons head coach takes over in that role who is known as a fantastic coach and And then all of these draft picks, as well as the signing of Keanu Neal, most notably Micah Parsons, Jabril Cox, Osa Oedigizua, they went heavy in fixing this defense, going against the uh, stereotype, if you will, that Mike McCarthy does not care about the defensive side of the ball. They put a lot of effort in bolstering that group.
2: Well, I'm not sure how you could watch their games last year and not care about their defense. At least if you are coming at it from all or coming at it from a Dallas Cowboys perspective at all. Uh, I think fans of the giants, Eagles, Washington, they loved the Dallas defense last year, but Mike McCarthy couldn't not care about it. And, you know, I, I'm right there with you the, getting Dak Prescott back is their single biggest improvement over the off season, but as far as just biggest overall, it's getting a defense period because for probably the first two thirds of the season. And then again, at the end of the season, the Dallas defense was basically non-existent. You know, they were beat up. They had to, they had some guys missing to to injury, but Mike Nolan and his defensive scheme, the guys they had, they just were not playing well. They were not playing cohesively. Uh, they were very clearly set up kind of like the uh the old Colts defense and this was something we noted during the season they they're built like the Colts defense under Peyton Manning where they're built to play with a lead and built to pressure quarterbacks at least in theory they just were not doing that last year and this year getting dan quinn to, t- to try to put the pieces together and to get them playing well uh they're revamping their secondary to be kind of in that seattle seahawks mold with big long big cornerbacks uh they've got Diggs already and then they've got uh israel makwamu uh they made a couple other additions to that secondary in, in addition to keanu neal they've got Some guys on the front seven, they said they added Micah Parsons, who we both loved in the draft process. It was painful to watch Dallas draft him, but I'm also kind of used to that. This would be (laughs) the third time Dallas has drafted a linebacker. I really wanted to see in Giants blue, actually fourth time if you count Sean Lee and, then they also added Jabril Cox, who I was a fan of, you know, very athletic off-ball linebacker. Oso Digazua, another guy I, I really liked, whose plays was just ridiculous leverage and explosive power, even though he isn't very big. So they did a lot to try to get this defense up to where it can carry its own weight and capitalize on the pressure their offense hopes to put on opposing defenses.
1: Yeah, you really covered a ton here, all these moves that they made, and the one thing that stands out to me, Dan Quinn taking over and then the effort to recreate almost what he had in his time as the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, which was having tall, long, aggressive corners, and they're able to replicate that with getting Israel Mukwamu and Nashawn Wright, who are both... Six-foot-four defensive backs. Now, Mukwamu expected to play safety. Safety, Nashawn Wright is a uh, a corner. A lot of these guys are tall and long, and then they're going to try and create some pressure with all these different heads that they have along the defensive line, an improved linebacker core that was dragging a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how certain players line up. But I think the addition of Micah Parsons alone is going to be a move that is really going to improve this defense. That is what makes, I think, Dallas, yet again, and it almost feels as though we come into every season saying, This is the year that Dallas is going to be good. Any analyst always says that. They They always come in believing that Dallas is finally going to get over the hump and they're finally going to be competitive. For the Giants' sake, I hope that's not true yet again, but this actually might be a season where we see progress for the Dallas Cowboys. You're returning with Dak Prescott. The defense is young. It's explosive. It has a good leader in charge and leading that defense. So a lot of things are trending in the right direction for that defensive unit, which was clearly the major weakness and I think the only thing that was holding them back until back Prescott got hurt.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think kind of the nightmare scenario for Giants fans is that Micah Parsons has the same impact on the Dallas defense that Chase Young had on Washington's defense last year. Like We knew Washington's front seven was good before they got Chase Young but he just kind of set everything off. And that defense was really able to drag an offense that was kind of listless. It didn't, you know, because of injury situations, it didn't have that steady quarterbacking presence that you need for an offense to carry its own weight. And that defense in Washington and the pressure was able to generate the disruptiveness it was able able to bring to the table really dragged them to the division title and I think the nightmare scenario here is that Micah Parsons with his ability to explode downhill as a pass rusher you know we talk about it depending on how you feel about Jalen Phillips and his health Micah Parsons could have been the best edge rusher in the NFL draft this year but he also has that ability to play in space and then you pair him with Leighton Van Der Esch with sorry uh Jabril Cox uh Jalen Smith, and you have a really athletic linebacking core. Then you've got uh, Tristan Hill, Nevin Gallimore, Osa Digazua, Demarcus Lawrence. Randy Gregory is back. They added Carlos Boogie Basham in the draft. And all of a sudden, this Dallas front seven, it, it, it is not a unit you can sleep on if Dan Quinn can get them all pulling in the same direction.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly, and, and this is something that is is clearly improved for this team. Uh, their defense is getting so much better uh, on a you know on just so many different levels that we're seeing. But the other thing too that we're talking about here that is important for the success of the Dallas Cowboys is the return of Dak Prescott, who goes down with the very bad injury to his ankle, obviously playing against the Giants in a situation where Logan Ryan comes up to tackle him. You get Dak Prescott back playing at the level he was for those first few games before he got hurt. He is going to be a problem for opposing defenses. They were putting up a ton of yardage for a reason. They've got a really talented receiver group. Their offensive line is always going to be one of the better ones in the NFC East, even though that it's starting to age and it's dragging a little bit in terms of being fully healthy all the time. Regardless, this offense now returning with Dak Prescott and not having to play a who's who at quarterback with Ben DiNucci and Cooper Rush, Andy Dalton, we're instead here back with Dak Prescott and he can actually lead this squad assuming he's fully healthy.
2: Yeah, you know, like I said before, getting Dak Prescott back is probably the single biggest improvement Dallas made. And yeah, he was on just a ridiculous pace before he got hurt. Uh we expected Dallas's offense to be good with Mike McCarthy calling the shots and those three receivers they've got and you know the offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott and they still have good tight ends. Dak Prescott was on pace to throw for nearly 7000 yards last year. You know it, it's not just that he was good. Yeah, you know, he was on kind of a completely different level as pretty much everyone else in the NFL at at that time at least leading up into his injury. Now, granted, he had to be on that level because their defense as we covered before was completely dysfunctional so they basically were in the position put, they were in the position of having to win a shootout every single week so I, I wouldn't expect him to pick up right where he left off you know there's going to be rust coming back from an injury and dallas is certainly hoping they're not going to be in shootouts every single week but if he, if he, he being Dak Prescott, can still play with that kind of efficiency in the second year of Mike McCarthy's system, with those receivers, you know, CeeDee Lamb having a second year, Amari uh, Cooper having another year in, this, in the system, Mike Gallup having another year in the system, whole, their offensive line getting back healthy and consistent, you know, especially after the kind of uh, late summer retirement of Travis Frederick, you know, last year. This is an offense that, once again, has the ability to be really scary.
1: Right, and and finally, I think you might be able to reach what the expectation has been, which is being explosive. You have a good run game already established with Ezekiel Elliott leading the way. You have all of these various receivers. I think if you have more certainty of who's playing quarterback and you know it's actually going to be Dak Prescott, that is what it's going to make the Dallas Cowboys A difficult team to compete against because Mike McCarthy, as we've seen, if he has the right quarterback running his offense, he can produce 400 yards a game against weaker secondaries. And understandably, the NFC East doesn't exactly have the weakest uh, teams with, with weak secondaries, but they are going to have teams on their schedule that they face that will not be as developed defensively that they're going to take advantage of. Those are going to be teams that we see where Dak Prescott will we'll see pop up on our Twitter, Dak Prescott throws for six touchdowns, things like that. This this offense has that type of a potential, which for not for the Giants' sake is going to be dangerous for other teams, but I think for the Giants, they might match up pretty well going against this receiver group that they've got a lot of different options. They've got some really talented players, but the Giants, at the same time, have a very underrated secondary, and they might be able to match up pretty well against some of those various options.
2: Yeah, I I think you know as always, the Dallas tight ends should concern the Giants just because they should they always wind up having a big game against the Giants. It doesn't matter uh, who's calling the defense. It doesn't matter who is at the second level for the Giants. It doesn't matter. Who the tight end is, or who's in charge of the Dallas offense? It that just always seems to happen. Also, the guy I'm really watching is Ceedee Lamb. He was he came up big towards the end of the years. Dallas was attempting to make a push. It looks like it looked like they were threatening to uh, catch fire, come alive, and you know maybe race from the back of the pack up to win the NFC East last year. And Ceedee Lamb was having a great year. And he was a really big mismatch for teams coming out of the slot. And, yeah, you know, the Giants did get Adoree Jackson, but right there in that slot, yeah, you know, that might be the question mark in the Giants secondary right now. And that I think is where Dallas will look to attack them.
1: Coming up, we're going to talk some regressions for this Cowboys team. Before we do so, we're just going to
0: take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
1: So hitting on regressions, this team actually didn't really take too many steps back. It's not like the Eagles where it seemed like we were picking them apart, talking about how they're aging. They can't stay healthy. They're losing Carson Wentz. We don't know about Jalen Hurts. They're gaining more than they're really losing, which is why Dallas is being talked up as the favorite to win the division in 2021. But if we are pinpointing various things, you see departures. Sean Lee retires. You see Andy Dalton and Alden Smith not returning to come to to stay in Dallas. But I don't think, Chris, that either of those things are really substantial enough to derail the progression for this Cowboys squad. What is going to derail them is if Mike McCarthy can rally his guys and get them to play at a winning level and not fall apart the way that they did last season when they hit adversity.
2: Yeah, that that's it exactly, I think. Yeah, you know, Sean Lee retiring. Sean Lee is a he was always a good linebacker, a very strong leader in the middle in the middle of that defense. Yeah, you know, so they're going to be losing that presence in their defensive meeting room. But they do still have Jalen Smith. They've got Leighton Van Der Esch. If those two guys can stay healthy, yeah, losing Sean Lee, it's losing the voice. But you know he didn't have a, a huge presence on their defense anymore. Uh, losing Andy Dalton, you, know, you never want to see your backup quarterback on the field anyway. So while that's that's kind of a, a concern, that they're probably taking a step back from you know Andy Dalton to I don't know Cooper Rush or you know whoever as their backup quarterback behind Dak Prescott, yeah you don't plan on Dak Prescott missing any games. Alden Smith I think is the biggest one, but again, they added so many pieces in the draft and you know, they still have DeMarcus Lawrence, they still have Randy Gregory. Yeah, you know, if those two guys are able to play and produce, losing Alden Smith isn't a huge blow to that defense. Uh yeah, you know, j- just joking around in our notes. I put their biggest regression was hiring Ben McAdoo. <laughs> you know, they, they they did bring him in as an offensive consultant. You know, maybe, you know, my theory is that, you know, Mike McCarthy's kind of giving his guy a chance to, you know, rehabilitate himself, especially, you know, after the way his Giants tenure ended. And then last year as the quarterback's coach for the Jaguars, you know, that's not exactly a gold star on your resume. And it could also be, you know, maybe getting a line of succession, in in place just in case kellen moore starts getting head coaching opportunities after this year you know that they could be looking at mcadoo as maybe a potential future offensive coordinator but you know we also saw what happened with the giants offense when he when he got uh completely in charge of that and they didn't score 30 points for two years so you know maybe that'll happen and th- that's that'll be what holds their the, the Dal- dallas offense back this year
1: Right, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point Ben McAdoo finds himself behind a play sheet calling plays for this the Cowboys team. Right, exactly. He'll have the play menu in his hand at, at some point. I, I really would not be shocked if that happened because of the, the ties that Mike McCarthy has to Ben McAdoo and the this, this signing in general was probably like, all right, let's see what you do first and then we'll, then we'll move forward. But McCarthy, I would assume for the meantime, might retain that control. <laughs> but it's but, funny that you say that. It's... It's like the only thing that we can really acknowledge is that they hired the one really bad head coach the Giants had for two seasons. That's basically all we can pinpoint.
2: And, you know, maybe when Dallas comes to the Meadowlands, we'll get to see mini Mike McCarthy back. Or, sorry, (laughs) mini Ben (laughs) McAdoo.
1: (laughs) Right, right. So if we're talking best case, worst case for this team, the way that I see it, Chris, best case is that all things are, are clicking. Dak Prescott plays all 17 games. Limited injuries, which is going to translate to a division title. They are if, if that happens and they are doing well enough, they are clearly, for a reason, the favorite to win the NFC East right now. I'm not saying they're my favorite. I'm saying just in general, they have been a favorite picked by a lot of people, because of all those things that we laid out so best case scenario they're going to win the nfc east worst case for me though uh, at the very least they're going to be one of the wild card teams coming out of the nfc east like hypothetically i think a worst case scenario for this Cowboys squad assuming that they don't have a complete crap shoot fall apart dumpster fire like we saw they had last season i i think what, what might end up happening here is that the 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 race to win the nfc east is going to be so tight between the giants washington and dallas that they end up squeaking in as a playoff team as maybe like the third playoff team for the nfc east or the second playoff team i think this team just overall as long as they're not decimated by injuries which is such a a fickle thing to predict and you can't necessarily say like oh if injuries happen yeah if injuries happen any team's going to be bad but i think worst case they're probably still going to find a way to make the playoffs as like a uh, what is it a nine and eight squad or a 10 and seven squad i think that's very much on the table if, if they have a, a rough season
2: yeah you know like a, it, this i think will all come down to whether or not dallas can avoid their what seems like their annual collapse yeah they always come in with a talented squad and you know really high expectations i i do not remember Dallas ever coming into a season with the expectations of being fourth in the NFC East. And that's even when, you know, the NFC East was the best division in football. If they can avoid their collapse, this is going to be a very tough out for, I think pretty much any team. Uh, the NFC East has a tough schedule this year with the teams there, the divisions they are facing. Dallas I think will benefit from having that third place schedule and you know having a, having things just a little bit easier like you know they're not going to have to face the Los Angeles Rams with Matt Stafford like the Giants are you know they're going to get a little bit easier draw going through this schedule and if they can get everything clicking if they can get their defense moving the way it should if they can get pressure from all of these fast athletic guys they have in their front seven if they can get their offense to stay on the field at the same time which you know like you said i don't think anybody can plan on injuries and if they can all click in mike mccarthy's system this has a this is a team that has a potential to be very good and a tough out for anyone and i think that includes the kansas city chiefs and tampa bay buccaneers you know they have the offense to keep up with anyone And their defense, I think, has the potential to pose a problem for just about any offense. They've got a lot of speed. They've got a lot of ability to penetrate and be disruptive. Yes, their secondary is a question, like we saw with Washington last year, and like we've seen from the Giants in years past. If you can get that disruption up front, that makes life a hell of a lot easier on a secondary. And if your offense is putting up points, and forcing opposing offenses to try to keep up with them, that makes life a hell of a lot easier on that front seven to be disrupted, to put themselves in positions where you know the other team is throwing the ball. Then you can just pin your ears back and get after their quarterback. If things go right for Dallas, they're going to be a tough team. But Dallas is Dallas, and you never quite know when just the entire house of cards is going to collapse and you know that secondary could be a problem for them. Yeah, you know, if opposing offenses can figure out the tendencies in Dan Quinn's defense, are their cornerbacks just good enough to match up with other teams number 1, number 2, number 3 receivers? Uh if their offense isn't clicking and putting up points, are they going to be able to stop an offense that isn't forced out of its game plan? Yeah, you know, that I think is going to be the question but barring a complete and utter collapse they're still not going to be an easy victory in dallas
1: well folks that's going to be it from us on today's episode thank you for tuning in make sure to hit that subscribe button and follow us on social media at joe DeLeon, at raptor mkii and at big blue view on twitter and instagram talk to you soon folks enjoy the rest of your week